it's really difficult to find great executives. Spirit Consulting helps organizations find all-star executives and hire the right one using work psychology so you can serve more customers and grow your business. To get a free quote, go to spiritmco.com. Enjoy the show. Kelly, why don't you uh, kick us off by answering the first question, who are you? That's a, such a huge question. So um, I'm greeting you all from Switzerland, and I'm originally from Taiwan. Uh, you, you probably figured that my accent is very interesting. And uh, um, so who am I? Well, I'm just, um, you know, as normal as can be a woman, and I'm a mom, and also a wife uh, with uh, two uh, lovely uh, grown-up children. And um, life-wise, me and my husband already got married over 20-something years, and we have been relocated over three continents. Oh, wow. Uh, That including three dates, three states in USA and Jamaica, okay? So uh, (laughs) within, within, within about between 17 to 18 years. So I'm... I'm really good at packing, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, all different type of packing. We try, we try all. So if you want to relocate to somewhere, you have a packing problem. I'm your gal. Okay. I think, uh, I think what that gal in Netflix, very, uh, very famous. I think more uh, Marie Kondo. I think she was to kind of help people to, uh, organize their home and all that. When I, I saw that show, I thought, yeah, she's my girl. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and um, so in other words, um, it's also some interesting thing is my husband is Swiss, I'm Taiwanese, and um, my children, uh, our children, you know, my daughter was born in Switzerland. My um, son is uh, born in U.S., and so uh, there was a time very interesting before I got my Swiss passport and uh, before uh, my children, they can get their Swiss passport. Or, uh, and so you, there's one American's passport, one Swiss passport, one Taiwanese passport. And then my husband actually also had German passport. So imagine the officer in the airport <laughs> and we have like the, the kids are uh, when they were little. So, you know, we are one hand hold one kid and we push four passports front of the officer's face. And then we always got a stare of, are you sure you are a family? <laughs> <laughs> that type of thing. Uh, so that was fun to reflect back, but it's not fun at all when you have pre- two pregnancy on the go when you are doing the relocating. Uh, my formal career as a corporate executive in a luxury hospitality industry. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's also where I met my husband. Uh, he was working at Ritz-Carlton. We work at Grand Hyatt and some other luxury um, hotels and so on. So that's my corporate background. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a person of faith and he's a spiritual speaking. Um, I was the, I'm still is, I am the first Christian in my family. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I came from a, um, a pretty broken childhood. 
you know, uh, you know, when the time uh, and the place when I was born, uh, girl, little girls did not mean much. Uh, we were just seeing as a future baby production machine. No need to invest us anything, a special education. Mm-hmm. So growing up that, you know, unfortunately, uh, you know, my mom was just uh, one of my father's mysteries. Hmm. So uh, while she tried very hard to do her best uh, to raise me and my younger brother up, you know, she was addicted to gambling and alcohol. So there was about one and a half decades of my life. I didn't know what going to happen to me in the night while my mom came home with her drunk boyfriends. Okay. We are talking about, you know, they, they all, they, they both were drunk often. And so knife and furniture fly in the air, um, sexual abuse, violence, all that the type of stuff. And so really, now I thought back, I could really go either way, right? One go to very extremely uh, dark. Um, but I guess God really, you know, positioned a couple of angels along the way, meaning some people um, in my life. And uh, afterwards, after I pursue a uh, career, and still it's a pretty male-dominated um, situation. And there was often when I show up as uh, one of the youngest executive and worst, quote-unquote, female young executive, uh, always seen as a, uh, either, you know, you are the secretary or you are, you know, something else rather than your position. There was a time, uh, a couple of times when I went on the board meeting with my boss, with other board members, and I went to the meeting floor, there was no ladies room on that floor. Hmm. Uh, and this is a similar, like uh, there's a movie in US, it's very famous called Hidden Figures. There are three uh, African-American ladies. They were the true hero behind the scene when they launched the uh, shuttle to the space. Uh, when the key cast Catherine, uh, in between when need, she need to go to ladies room, she literally had to run blocks away to go to ladies room. Oh. So I experienced a similar thing that that, and um, really is by God's grace um, that I'm standing here, have this privilege to share some message with you guys. And so hopefully really encourage those who are watching or listening that if I can use my third language, build a location independent business, and able to make impacts, then you also can do the same. Hmm. Well, uh, oh man, woo! <laughs> Kelly, you are on fire. I love it. I found that uh, I I just resonate with your story so well. And um, one of my favorite things to share with the world is people that can be hyper vulnerable 
And I know oftentimes that we're told in the corporate world to, you know, don't talk about that type of stuff, let, you know, keep it, keep it in, just basically keep it at home and, and, and don't bring it. But these are, this is who we are. And, and so your ability to go there and, and go there as candidly and as quickly as you did, whew, that's, that's powerful. So thank you for, for sharing that. I think the follow-up question that I have for you, having heard kind of your overview, Kelly, is, you know, thinking about that in today's society, that addictions are starting to kind of come to the light and, and recognizing, you know, um, uh, mental health as one of those things that's not necessarily faux pas anymore, but something that we can start to talk about. I would imagine going through the upbringing that you went through, there was a lot of woundedness that you had, that you had um, taken on. What was your healing journey like, if you, if you wouldn't mind sharing with our audience? Mm, there are different stages, right? Different kind of wounds, right? So one of it is obviously uh, that me, between me and my birth father, right? Because basically he abandoned us. And so since I could remember us early as five, five years old, my mom started to like move so often uh, to different places. And when I saw other people, you know, other kids, they have father, you know, and mother together went to pick them up or send them to school. And mine is like, I had to walk myself to school. My mom was working. And also witness the chaotic situation between she and uh, her boyfriends, different stage of boyfriends. You know, honestly speaking, I shouldn't have a good, um, good perspective for a father, right? Hmm. And, and it was true until like uh, and that re obviously reflect to therefore I walk into the wrong marriage pretty early after I graduated from university because I try to and Kelly I've been there I've been there done that too so yeah. So, so yeah so I try because yeah because I try to escape the chaotic hall hmm. at the same time uh, my my ex-husband was like eight years older than me because I tried to find a father figure you see mm. and so totally wrong for <laughs> these two reasons totally wrong right to to walk into the marriage and then afterwards i got you know mentally abused and you know in that in a marriage so you can imagine that my perspective for a man and a father were totally in the wrong place mm -hmm. and until that just in the brink of I when I was about to got divorced and you know I already start working um in my you know first stage of my corporate life and there was a colleague he was he was he is still a Christian and now those years that like two three decades ago you know in Taiwan where I came from we only had 2% of population were Christians. 
So if you want to become one, you almost like you are rebelling against the culture, against the 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 family, that type of thing. Okay. I mean, that's、uh, already the picture that you're going against, kind of where the rest of the culture is going. But yeah, in that situation, with yeah, percent, that's very much a, a a good picture as to how you're communicating that that journey from、yeah. where you were twenty years ago. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like my mom literally disowned me when I told her I gonna get baptized, because in is very common in the Asian, especially Chinese family. At home, you have a little altar in your home, and because there you will worship your you know ancestor every day or so, and that that I'm. And at the meantime, my mom also worship a lot of different gods, you know. So she asked me, "What does baptism mean exactly?" And I said, "You know, after I get baptized, I will not be able to like before, you know,、uh, running around with you to go to worship different gods and bring the food and all that."、Uh, I also walk to the their different altar tables. I also won't be able to, you know.、Uh, Worship the ins with the incense with this this altar at home.、Mm. So then she got very angry. She said, "So you mean after I die, right? That's when they put a name on the like wood board and they put on the uh in the family. You will not worship me." I say yes, but I better treat you now well than later on try to worship you according to the board, right? <laughs> of course, that's great like response. great、right. response. However, yeah, it sounds great response, but it's totally rebellious. Oh against, sure, oh sure. Against the culture, right? So yeah, so she literally said this on me, and then I move out, um, uh, her place. Um, and so we were talking about again the perspective to talk to a father and to a man, right?、Mm-hmm. Until then, uh, then I was that colleague brought me to. He he managed to find a church, and he managed to find a church. Actually, it's international church.、Mm-hmm. Actually, it's a small community of I guess we were about hundred people. The pastor are Americans. The he、uh, Pastor Jones and his wife. They were called to Taiwan, uh, you know, for that. And but inside the community, we have um different countries of people. So it's interesting the 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 I never actually joined any Chinese speaking、um, church.、Mm. Uh, I always, from the very beginning, God already kind of put me into an international environment, and from there, it's when there was a one、um, thing is very a、uh, clear、uh, experience, very special experience. It's. I was totally new, did not really even read Bible, and、uh, we have the three-day retreat for ladies, women retreat. So the only man is the pastor, right? All our leaders are all female because it's a women retreat,、mm-hmm. and there was a section.、Uh, we were in a small group, everybody's a small circle, and sit on a chair, and then they. You know the leader said, "You know,、uh, just pray, and then if you have something you want to share, you will pen and things. You know, so other sister can pray with you together." 
And in my heart that day, I was reflecting all the painful moments from my father and see then also later on the chaotic situation with my mother, with men, and also my ex-husband. So all the very, very painful um, experience. Mm-hmm. And then I, my, my heart really aching. And I kind of just say, not so sure even out loud. I'm just saying, God, if you really real, because by then I actually don't quite believe God is real. You know, um, I said, God, if you are real, you know how hurt I feel right now. Hmm. I want a hug from you right now. Hmm. And my pastor across the room suddenly stood up, walked across the room to me hmm. and gave me a hug. And he said, God told me you need a hug right now from him. That was the first encounter with God that I sensed, okay, he's real. And healing started from there. Because healing started from there, said, okay, there is a heavenly father does care for me. Also, the healing, you see, when we are hurting, when we are hurt, we say people uh, hurt. Hurt, how they say that hurt people hurts, right? I mean, basically, hurt people, hurt people, heal people, heal people. Exactly, right? So I don't have, I did not have any sense of, you know, uh, personal value, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, when now we talk about as a leader in any different kinds, I always say a lot of time, obviously, in a corporate world, when we put leader like word, people right away think of position right? Whatever the title or position. But actually, every single one of us are leader, right? If I ask you, say, are you a mother? Then you are leader. Are you a father? If you're a parent, you are a leader, right? Mm-hmm. If you are a brother or sister, you are a leader, right? You are, a, are you a friend? Okay, you are a leader. You know why? Because the oftentimes, the, just the same as the biggest probably the, the only Bible they are reading or the only leadership book they are reading, it's your life. Mm. It's your daily conduct. Whether we like it or not, we are leading, right? Because every single one of us have a measurement of influence, mm. right? So when we are hurting, then we don't feel we have self-worth. Consider I was taught as a woman, right? Since I was a little girl, you don't have, you don't have worth. You're just a property of man. Hmm. And then went through all the chaotic thing and see my two upper two generations, my grandmother, my mom, and myself did not have a good experience with God and father. But it took its when the heavenly father show up and then obviously a sequence of things happen, then I start to able to receive the love hmm. 
So then I later able to love, give the love. So that is one of the many healing process. Have you been feeling unfulfilled? You want to be happy, but just continue to struggle. One of the best ways to experience joy is by caring for the homeless. A charity I've grown to love, River of Light, food rescues a million meals per year for the needy in Chicago. Imagine how that make you feel, knowing that you're helping feed children and veterans. To make a tax-deductible donation, visit riverlightchicago.org. Again, riverlightchicago.org. No one should go to bed hungry. Thank you for, for sharing. At Spirit Consulting, we, we shared a thought leadership blog about, you know, especially as we look to the Black Lives Matter movement and seeing, you know, just the different ways that racism has been boiling up in the United States. And, and, and I know it just here domestically, that's, I, I can't speak from an international standpoint. And I was just reflecting upon a retreat that I had been to recently where uh, a priest, Father Matthew Lim, had talked about his work with veterans and, and the PTSD that they often come home with. And that oftentimes, like, psychiatrist viewpoints to healing that is getting them on certain pills and, and him looking at the percentages to that actually being effective. And they had a breakthrough in their own ministry and working with veterans with PTSD by exactly what you had just said, Kelly, helping them to reconnect with love, helping them to, before they go to bed, meditating on times that they've either given love to people or received love. And the more that they were able to do that, the more that their humanity was able to return and to walk through that. So it sounds like that's exactly what you had just communicated through your own journey. And I, and obviously having that, you know, that spiritual um, and intimate experience that you had as well. So thank you so much for um, just sharing that. I think I'm really hoping that blesses many people that are listening to this podcast as well. So I appreciate that. You know, I think the other thing that's been on my heart really heavy as you were sharing your story, and I know that there's a lot of people that are hurting right now. And unfortunately, in, in this world that we just all have our baggage, you know, and, and so thinking about whether that be someone in the corporate world who has just been downsized, there's, you know, a father that's having issues with his son or, you know, a, a daughter who's, you know, fighting with their mom, etc. from these wounds that we have from our relationships that, you know, unfortunately be because of our woundedness that we oftentimes can wound other people. You know, you've been someone that has been wounded at a level that many people don't ever experience that amount of pain in their lives. So I'm just kind of curious, like, can you also speak to a little bit about your own forgiveness journey with your mother and with your father to be able to put that in the past and to be able to move forward in your own life? Yeah. I think uh, the first things, the first person that God want me to forgive actually is my ex-husband. Mm. So um, I always say that, you know, when God is up to something, it's, it's always, he's, he makes sure it happens, <laughs> no matter what. Um, so after we got divorced, I think it's about a, a year, after a year or so, 
And I remember was around um, a Chinese, Chinese New Year. And I was home because it's holidays. And suddenly I feel a prompt in my heart um, uh, to, to God want me to call him and to say by my own mouth, say, I forgive you. Mm. And then, of course, the first moment I was kind of start to argue with God, I say, I mean, are you serious, God? I mean, you know how much pain, right? Uh, we went, went through it. Of course, any divorce, I believe, is always is not one partner's fault. That's for sure. <laughs> but, you know, in my perspective, I say, well, you know, but so much pain and sin. And you want me to what? Call him uh, to say it's all my fault. And or I or I forgive you," he said. "I want you to say I forgive you, right?" Hmm. I struggling for a couple of hours that day, but my heartbeat pumped so fast, like double double speed, and I knew that um, if I don't do it, this won't go away. Hmm. So I finally uh, had courage enough to dial the number. And I dialed the number. Was a lady pick up the phone, mm. and then, of course, she asked, "Who is this?" Right? And actually, in my mind, I was thinking, "Who are you?" Right? <laughs> 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 uh, you know what's worse for your for your ex husband to immediately pick up or another person then have to go through that exercise? Exactly. <laughs> and then, uh, so I just say, "Oh, I'm an old friend." Because I did not want to lie, but I did not want I because I did not know who she is, so I did not want to say, "Hey, I'm ex wife," right? Right, right. So I just say, "I'm old friend." She said, "Oh," I say, "And you?" And she said, "Oh, I'm the wife." Oh. So in my mind was all boiling the anger, all boiling up. Right? I was thinking, God, you see, you know, in my mind, it's all the conversation with God said, you see, why you want me to call him to say, I forgive him. Obviously he's living a happy life. He already even married again. Hmm. Right. And uh, uh, so I was kind of want to hang up. And then she was asking, uh, so, um, uh, is anything I can, you know, leave message? I say, I say, yeah, not really. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I say, well, is there any way to uh, counter him? Or, and she said, oh, yeah, actually, uh, he has a, a, a cell phone number. You know, in those days, people, we hardly have cell, cell, mm. cell, cell phone, okay? So it's like all day. I said, oh, really? So she gave me the cell, cell phone number. And then, uh, so, and I asked, I said, I mean, do you really want me to call? You know? <laughs> so I call and then he pick up. And so it was very, like, very complex feeling, right? So, you know, try to cheat check and say, say oh, how are you doing and stuff like that and things. And then he obviously says, he just said, what, why you call? What, what did you call? I say, oh, great. So now I have to say what I need to say. I say, well, um, I just want you to know that I forgive you. Hmm. And then totally silence, right? And he say, you think I'm the only one made mistake? 
So it just did not go the way it should, right? Mm. So I say, uh, I'm sure I also made a mistake. But in my mind, still, we are about all the abuse. I, I always think of all those painful uh, situations. And uh, uh, he said, why exactly you call? You cannot just call to tell me this. I say, precisely, I call it's because of this. Because my God told me I need to call to tell you that. Mm. And then he loved it. right? Because he, he did not believe. So, but I done my job, right? Mm. I did it. So that was the first forgiveness. And then afterwards was um, um, my father. Actually, he passed away uh, while we, we did not live with him. But then he passed away due to health issue. And uh, my mom want me to uh, go to where the, you know, it's a different, different uh, part of Taiwan quite far away to go to attend the funeral with among all his wives and mistress and all their children. So for me, I feel like why even go, right? Mm. Um, and but my mom said, you have to go. My brother wasn't willing to go. So I went. I couldn't sh shed a tear, a drop of tear at all. But I went. Because my mom said, I need to go. And I went. And there, I just say, I just kind of say, find an opportunity to say, I forgive you. Mm. Kind of just release it. And then the, late, the latest one is I had to forgive my own mother. Because what she has done, what she tried very hard to raise us up, but she also done the damage of those dark years. She even still did not know a, cer a certain things that what her boyfriend did to me. And, mm -hmm. you know, so she, she also, when she, there's once that when she escaped, all of a sudden escaped and uh, uh, took away all my savings and because she all a lot of gambling debt and things. Oh. And, and the time that we thought that my brother, me, we, me, my brother and me, after we move out, remember she kicked me out because I want to get baptized. Then I got a call from my, my brother saying, mom is missing. And I said, what do you mean she's missing? And my brother said, well, she did not pay anything. Literally, no, not even underwears, not even ID. Oh, boy. And she only left a little note, say, don't try to find me. I'm tired of living. Oh, no. So that, and so in the next two weeks, we try everywhere, we try to find, but through where we try to find her, the content and thing that we figure out, you know, she hasn't paid a lot of debt and, and, and my savings gone. And then within a week, I need to, find my brother another place because my where I I move out to just a teeny teeny apartment can accommodate him. And at the same time I need to pay off her debt. I also need to move try to sell the furniture because originally three people and her boyfriend live there. So we had to organize it in a week. And God 
perform miracle right there as well. And so a lot of damage and through the years. But the great news is she became a Christian a couple of years ago. And that was one of the biggest miracle ever, right? Um, but it's after I release, I, I, I release my forgiveness, you know. And so I often tell people say, you know, forgiveness is not forget. You probably will never forget, you know, those things happened. The forgiveness is, um, is to release yourself. Hmm. Because if we don't release the anger, the hatred, the, all that, actually the other side actually probably don't feel a thing, but but it's ourselves hold on those very toxic feelings. So forgiveness actually is more for ourselves than for the other uh, the other end. And I don't know whether this answers your question about. <laughs> No, it does for sure. Because I was thinking about, even as you were telling me about your ex-husband, you know, you, you pick up the phone, his new wife answers the phone. <laughs> now you're sitting there thinking like, okay, he should be wrecked. He shouldn't be, you know, having any sort of functionality going on in his life. And yet he's remarried and moved on. So it's like your unforgiveness and anger towards him is in essence, you drinking poison and expecting him to be dying. Yet, meanwhile, you're the one who's sick inside and anger and having all these ill feelings. And uh, yeah, so no, I just think that's beautiful. And then the other thing that I, that just kind of resonated with me is that when you said that, I don't know if you were meaning this direct correlation or connection between the two, but in essence, like you saying that, you know, with your mom, the way that she was living and how that, you know, sexual abuse for yourself and addiction and gambling and, and then you having to, you know, pay for this in many ways, that is not, not an easy thing to be able to forgive, but then to be able to see her own transformation as you let her go and let God work in her own life and her um, becoming a Christian. That's just, I don't, I can't think of a more beautiful uh, witness to the power of forgiveness in, in one's life. So thank you for sharing that, Kelly. That that story is phenomenal. Sure thing. So I wanna I wanna pivot a little bit into having you speak a little bit now about the work that you do presently. I thought it was so awesome what you had said too about the fact that you're using a third language to do your business in, in another continent. So that, that is also, I'm, I'm intrigued. So please tell us some more about that. Well, I started having my uh, virtual uh, coaching and consulting business mm -hmm. since 2008. Ooh. And I think uh, when People, because now while this episode is recording, we the whole wide world is still in the COVID uh, virus situation. The shutting down now. <laughs> Just joking, because we have no idea. You know, I've got a pretty good sense as to when your episode is going to release. But yeah, we usually the cat's out of the bag that we pre-record and then you know produce them later. But yes, you're right. 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 Well, we just say when the when the time is recording, right? Okay. Uh, but. 
everybody got to do virtual, right? It's almost everybody. So, but uh, when people often ask me, say, uh, why you knew or you were less smart, you already had built your business in Basically, now they have a fancy term called location independent. <laughs> uh, <laughs> many years ago, right? Mm. Um, I said, well, it's God's idea. It's not my idea, right? Mm. So what happened is, um, as moments ago, we mentioned that we've been relocating crazy in that 17, 18 years. And um, after I got married with my husband, that we decided, well, one person should stay home because we don't like other people taking care of kids, right? Mm. Meaning you will hire a nanny or something. And you know, I'm not saying you shouldn't hire help. But I'm saying that parenting for me, it's, you cannot replace that. And so, so we decided I stay, I stay home. Uh, but you know, from a corporate executive and become a totally full-time stay-at-home mom, it just made me feel my brain is itchy. You know, I just need to do something. Mm. And uh, from there, I start to, um, I transfer my offline sales and marketing skills from the corporate world and gradually go to online. So I learned online marketing in very early years. Um, probably a lot of people now you are following some influencers. I probably learned from their teachers. And so that's, that, that's, that's quite a while back. And um from the beginning that, oh, also later on because my love for people and uh, God started to direct to me that about a coaching. And so I was certified by ICF, International Coaching Federation. And later on, John C. Maxwell, I call him Papa John. Uh, John started the uh, John C. Maxwell team, the certification program about 10 years ago. And then we uh, live in U.S. Uh, U.S. is our second home because we live there over 10 years. Um, and I was, uh, somebody reached out to me from his team, said, do you consider this? And I, I become one of his first batch coaches. So, you know, we dive into leadership. And so we also do a lot of uh, leadership training for cooperation and that type of things. Mm. And... And it's, so I, my clients always have both uh, Christians and or non-Christians. You know, people are not necessarily share the same face. But um, before we moved back to Switzerland, uh, that's about six years ago or so. And God did tell me, say, the moment that we moved home, which is my husband's home, he's from Switzerland, that I will have to take out banner that I work with Christian entrepreneurs because he said, Kelly, I need you to feed my sheep in the marketplace. Because mm. um, a lot of uh, Christian entrepreneurs or business owner or executive that you want to start to build your own hustle or anything personal brand based, the idea it's, Unfortunately, we a lot of teaching from of the pulpit is not correct. Because I mean, Chris, you probably hear that the term of, you know, we have seven mountain difference severe influence, right? 
seven mountain meaning okay mountain business mountain of religion mountain of education or media and art and all that so in business mountain right you and me we are in um each business each mountain have its own different measurement stick in the business mountain the two measurement stick is a revenue number and the impact you create right and uh we cannot use the same mindset how we run inside within the wall of a church to run in the business mountain. And I see that mistake just be made often, so often. Uh, and also the mindset, right? We have we have dealing with a lot of uh, issue of a money mindset. Uh, we have Christians have two two extreme camp. One is poor is holy. The other can is uh, I am highly favored. So <laughs> I should have everything. <laughs> Both are wrong, right? And I think so that's a part of the, the, the thing that God um, entrusts me to in, equip and empower the Christian entrepreneur to build they are profitable, personal brand-based business. And so that is my job, I call it, uh, since after I hit 50, that pretty much is God said, here, this is what you need to do. And so that's what, in this season of my life, that is my mission. I love it. Well, thank you for sharing. So this podcast, Kelly, as you know, is all about business and virtue. Can you speak a little bit about where those two intersect for you in your own business? Business and virtue, for me, uh, it's integrity. If your business is without virtue, then you don't have integrity. When you want to build a business without virtue, or that's an integrity, then you cannot stand long, right? And um, now when I say that, especially in the Christian world, we want to see in a different angle. When, when I talk about a business with integrity or not, right where people sort of those bad business people, you know, they are very filthy and they uh, provide bad quality stuff and by the charge people. That, yeah, that's true. But I want you to think about the other flip side of the, the thing. What I'm dealing with is a lot of Christians when they come to the business world, they are afraid to, they are so struggling to put the right pricing on their service. They are not charging what they should. Hmm. And because again, the mindset inside the church, right? Either it's free or you should give a lot, but you should just charge a very little price, that type of mindset. For me, that's also lack of integrity. Hmm. Why? Because everything God gives us in your hand, your time, your talent, your relationship, right? Your mental space, your bandwidth, which is all these are very frequently invisible, but frequently be overlooked. All these, and of course, and money, all these. If you don't put a right price on, 
then you are not exercising all the right integrity because you basically are insulting what God has given to you, right? So uh, I know maybe I'm not really uh, answer your question in a different different way, but for me, business and virtue, it's it's like almost like um, one coin on both sides, right? How how can you not have a without virtue and you can have business? Ultimately, for me, any business owner, any entrepreneur, our job is to solve problems. And that problem is so valuable enough that there are people willing to pay you. For Christian entrepreneurs, I say that our job is to download the heavenly solution that God has given to you. And then you will be applied on earth. So that's called heaven on earth. Not wait till that you finish on this world and then you go to heaven. No, that's too late. That's that, Then God doesn't need you anymore to do the work, right? So our job is to, you need to have a close relationship with God and you download the solution to solve the problem on earth. And so you can create the value and impact. And that is our job. Boom. Let's go. I love that, Kelly. We are a bunch of heavenly solutionaries to the uh, to the challenges that we find here on earth. And I think that's so crystal clear. And I also loved what you said. Like, you know, usually people think about in lacking integrity of you're a bad and evil person that's trying to cheat people just to drive up the highest profits as you can. But also people that feel like that, you know, for whatever reason that they may be not charging the accurate price, that's also, uh, you know, lacking integrity too. Um, so if you, if you were an individual that finds themselves in that situation, what are some tactical steps that you usually um, communicate to help your clients to start working towards getting them to where they, you know, the, where their pricing level should be, where competitors are pricing in that example that you give? Yeah. I'm so glad you asked that question. And um, that's why, you know, in my, in my work, right, we have a, a framework called Power One Framework. And that Power One Framework, if I sum in one sentence, is what is that number one solution you can provide to your number one client with the number one transformational result by the best current version of you. So it's a one, 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 one. That's why it's power one. That is mostly totally against what the, this world, because normally this world, any almost that all, I don't want to say all, most of the marketing programs out there, when they teach the entrepreneurs or business, say, uh, when it comes to sales marketing, they normally say, oh, that's a figure out who is your ideal client or target audience. And that's a figure out what to sell them. And that's a figure out how to generate leads. That's the most of the programs. But they, they, they overlook the most important part is a business owner or the corporation themselves, the identity. Hmm. Because let me ask you a question, Chris. Do you have those moments that 
you know exactly what you should be doing today, but you cannot pull yourself to do it. Does that happen to me? Is that the question? Yeah. Oh yeah, all the time, all the time. Right. <laughs> I think we would be lying to say that that yeah, we would be lying to say we never have that, right? And you know why is that though? Because you haven't hundred percent embrace the new level identity that God wants you to have. So let me explain this with a very simple real life situation. So before I hit 50, we moved back to Switzerland about when I was at 47 or so. I never walked into gym a day in my life. Okay. Hmm. And but God told me, Kelly, I need you to get fit because I'm about to open a lot of speaking stages for you. I thought, hmm, I wasn't overweight. I wasn't, you know, but I knew in my deep, deep, deepest part of my heart, I am not strong enough. Mm -hmm. I sometimes feel tired, easy or whatever. Stop it. Like so, okay. So then I start to look for what, how I can get fit. We live in a place um, we can walk five minutes to forest. And until last year, we still have our Labrador with us. So we have to walk that dog, you know, four times a day. <laughs> so, yeah. So then my family say, oh, you just make sure you walk the dog and then you jog. Uh, and then because Swiss people love jogging. So they'll say, just go jog, right? Hmm. But then here is a self-awareness self kicking, which is leaders. I always say the, the deeper self-awareness you're willing to have, the faster you will grow. I sit down with myself, ask myself this question. Kelly, do you like jogging? Answer, not really. Okay. <laughs> now, here, four seasons, very obvious. Will you jog on rainy day? No. Will you jog on snowing day? No. So also me and all the bugs, all the insects, we are not friends. Because right? I came from a metropolitan city, right? So we are not friends. So that means I will find a lot of excuses that I won't go jogging, right? So then I said, okay, so what's the solution? Okay, weather control. That means indoor. Okay, so that means gym then. Then I go to research a gym and I found I, I, um, I joined one. When I put that paper home, I think that was at July, August that year, my, my family member laughed at me. Remember, I never walk in the gym in my life since the, uh, until then. So they thought, yeah, mom, right. My husband, yeah, right. I give you a month, <laughs> right? 12 months later, I lost 7% body fat. Mm. And again, I don't remember how much percentage of muscles, right? Because I stick with three days a week. From the beginning, is that pulling teeth, right? I feel like, really, I have to go again. But then I remember, what did God tell me? Oh, he wants to open those stages for me because I need to get fit. I need to become one of the fittest women at her 50s. So after that, I totally embraced that identity of not because I want to look good, not because I want to lose weight, all that. But I want to become the new person 
After a year, funny, tech days start to open. A couple of prestigious business stages start to open for me. Mm. I even did not pitch them. More interesting, you know, after speaker, they speak and then off the stage, especially in the conference, that people want to go to take photo with speakers, right? So I got the most, I mean, comment about, okay, great content, all that. But the one most common comment is, Kelly, just curious, this is really nothing to do with the content, but how did you get yourself fit? Mm. It's funny because my niche, nothing to do with fitness, nothing. Right? <laughs> but you see, so meaning identity. If we don't care about identity, that's why my website is identity aligned success. The moment you become that person, the, the moment that you can attract your ideal clients because it's a mirroring process. A lot of people came to me from the beginning, Kelly, why I cannot attract my ideal clients? I said, there's two problems, potential problem. One, either you are not that person yet can serve that type of client that you think you want to serve. Number two, you actually, you already there, but your communication out there did not reflect you are there already. Hmm. Either or. Right, Success Magazine in U.S. Darren Hardy, chief editor. Right, years back that we, I'm one of in one of his program. He said this before he got married. One day he sat down, write down what kind of woman he want to marry to. So it's about like thirty criteria. Right, mm. he was so satisfied. He went to bed. The second morning he woke up. He looked at that list. He suddenly had epiphany. He said, "But then." What kind of amazing man this woman is willing to marry to? Mm. Therefore, it's a mirror in process. That specific discipline was how I knew to marry my current wife, Hannah, because I made that list. And I looked myself in the mirror and grew to the person that I thought that person uh, would want to be able to marry. And so I told her about that while dating. And, mm. and then, and then basically her roommate was like, well, pull out the list. Like why, you know, you guys are in your mid thirties. Like there's no point of just, you know, screwing around anymore. Like, why don't you guys just see if let's see how Hannah matches up. And so we went, each item through that list and she either uh, met that um, ideal of what I was looking for or exceeded it. Mm. That's when I knew that this was the woman that uh, I was meant to marry. And uh, yeah, so, but thank you for, for that. I think that's a great exercise too, you know, of writing down, you know, what is the ideal client? What are the traits, 20 to 30 traits of our ideal clients that we want to serve? And then, yeah, to take yourself through that exercise, which can be brutally, um, it can be a brutal exercise if you're really being honest with yourself. Are we that type of business that this type of client is actually going to want to do business with? And then if not, then you know you've got some areas where you need to grow and develop into. Um, so I, I love it. I love the work that you're doing, Kelly. I love your story. 
Uh, it's so good. How can people get a hold of you uh, and the work that you're doing? Pretty much everywhere in social media is a Kelly Bader because uh, I have a very special German last name, uh, B-A-A-D-E-R. So that's a good thing. And otherwise, you can go to, if you want to learn about Power One Framework, you can go to kellybader.com forward slash learn. And so then you can have, uh, have a, you know, can watch a free presentation and go from there. Great. That's so excellent. Well, appreciate it so much. Thought, uh, really enjoyed you being on the podcast today. It's been such a delight to be able to spend this time with you and just looking forward to seeing how um, this episode uh, blesses all of our viewers as well. So thank you for your transparency and for your time today, Kelly. You're so welcome. Hey, Chris here. Hope you enjoyed the episode where we discussed all things going bald. <laughs> Just joking. If you enjoyed the episode and the podcast, will you please subscribe on YouTube or Apple Podcasts or Spotify? Or you could also share it with a friend. That would be tubular. I hope you have an awesome day. <laughs>